Hello and welcome to Sunday Stroll, our traditional recap every 4th of July of American Flyers. Gentlemen, here we are again. Can't wait to talk. Can't wait to descend into Summerstown. It's a beautiful film. And every time we do this, it just uh, it brings out new emotions. I see new things in the film that I never saw before. And I am excited to hear what you guys saw in the movie this time around. I saw a lot, a lot, a lot of sweat, a lot of flesh, and a lot of America. That's I, I can't wait. Let's let's get into Wisconsin <laughs> State University in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Little guy, kick us off with what was your um, your favorite part on the uh, the annual rewatch of American Flyers. I I mean I really enjoyed the intro. You get so much Americana packed into the first four minutes or so before they cap that Americana with a butt shot. So you, you first get some St. Louis. You get a riverboat right away. You see a, the bridge, a very iconic bridge in St. Louis, which, of course, I'm Not forgetting the name. Not just any riverboat. That would be McDonald's well, first appearance in the movie. Well, I think first you just see a riverboat. Then you see the, yeah. the, the, the St. Louis. The floating but restaurant. Yeah. The best is the McDonald's riverboat. You get the double arches. <laughs> Camera pans around. Shot a Davy riding his bike. He's got cowboy hat on. He's got, like, a jean jacket. He is a modern-day hipster. If he had a bar bag on the front... I would have thought this was shot now. But when they pan that around, it is the St. Louis arch. So you get the double arches, which are almost more American than the single arch. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, you get a yuppie. (laughs) What's he doing in the city? He gets splashed by water. And then in some convoluted riding down the sidewalk, Davey uh, ends up getting splashed himself. But, of course, Um. you learn he's a badass because he rides into his own apartment building. He's oh, yeah. such a badass. Where, where, where the doorman keeps the door open for him as he goes into the elevator. What a wonderful scene. I, I, I think I, that's I, our experience. I don't need to like recap the movie. Like, we've done this a hundred times, you guys. We don't need to go through scene by scene. But I do want to get your feeling on like kind of the snapshot of culture that that intro was. Like, do, do you guys think... Um, the the style is coming back, like the short shorts with the jean jacket, no shirt, and a cowboy hat. 100%. Could that be like uh <laughs> so. Rafa inspiration? I mean it, it could be. My only concern is that his footwear choice still isn't that good. Um Eddie, of course, takes it later when they do their sprint workout. Mm-hmm. Um it just kind of slips off. He needs to to tie those a little bit better. But overall, I would say that the style is clearly ripe for the next Rafa catalog in the first four and a half minutes, maybe even a little butt cheek. I would, I, I would assume that Lachlan Morton is wearing that exact outfit right now on a training ride. So I, yeah. So I, I was, um, it's, you know, been a year since we last reviewed this. So I've forgotten a lot about this movie. I, I will admit, um, I was impressed. I made a note here that only five minutes into the movie, we, we got our first shotless or shirtless Davy shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Only to behold, 40 seconds later, <laughs> we got our first pantsless Davy shot, yeah. as yeah. Uh, as a little guy was alluding to. Um, quite the shocker there in 1985. You guys, was this movie pushing boundaries even way back then? I, I don't... It seems right up. I think it seems like a classic mid-80s. We got to do just yeah. enough to get the rated R rating to, you know, get, R? get the kids there. It's got to be. There's There's a... I mean, that's the thing. In the mini, you get to see all. You see all of Davy. Now, Tim, 
This is 1985, yeah. and the rating it is PG-13. Yeah, that's PG-13. PG-13. Yeah, I would be so angry. Different back then, yeah. <laughs> wow, um, wow, shocking. Uh, I, well, look, they I used just to, to let go the back. kids <laughs> race their bikes without helmets back then too. So, um, you know? in I did find myself asking in that opening shot with the cowboy hat and the uh, the bike that had the the rack on the back. Um, yeah. The whole time I was like, I wrote, "Is that Sven Tuft?" Like it could have been Sven Tuff back in 1985, I'm assuming, right? Um, you know, the eight, the math checks out for uh, such a be. strong first time yeah. entering a race later in the race. It appears that this is his first race because he only races imaginary his brother. Yes. Uh, Marcus Summers, um, the, you know, Kevin Costner with a mustache, in case you were wondering. Uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, little guy, keep this going. To the point of this is his first race. So his first race is jumping right into the hell of the West. How do you guys think he got the clearance from his local USAC official? Uh, <laughs> we know Marcus Summers pulls some weight, it seems, being that he's once an alternate yeah. on the Olympic team, he is noted. Not on the team, an alternate. He's mad about no. that. But how? how? I, I had the hardest time getting my upgrade from three to two uh, because the field yeah. sizes weren't big enough. How does he go from... Cat five well, this is two. it's the Wild West, right? This is this is the time. This is probably when it was still called USA or the U.S. Cycling Federation. So maybe the rules were out the window, and we do know that Marcus Summers clearly pulls some weight as being an alternate. And as he said, you know, and this is probably like dad talk one hundred and one from Marcus Summers. This is something I'm going to take to um, little Hymar and uh, little Nairo. I'm just going to say, look, there are decisive moments in bike racing. And when those when that moment came, I gave up, and I don't want them to to do the same thing because that's how you become an Olympian. Mm-hmm. That makes there sense. is um, I want to explore that some of that uh, the writing of this film um, oh. because it's lines like that and some of the um, realistic depiction of bike racing like really accurate I think for kind of a cornball 80s movie um sports movie of the of the day because i felt like i was there like i felt like i had experienced some of these things in my bike racing career um you know and i would i did i wasn't even an alternate for the olympic team so you know i feel like uh, uh things like that where i have felt that moment in the race where i was like well am i giving up is this is this it yeah this is it well, i'm giving up it's <laughs> It's amazing you would say this, because um, it's written by the same gentleman that wrote Breaking Away, who won an Oscar for Breaking Away. Uh-huh. So he, uh, you know, he really wanted to mine, mine that cycling uh, genre, um, and he obviously knew what to talk. I mean, to couple this, and we'll kick it to little guy. I'm sure he's probably got some uh, great stats as he annually goes into um, this conversation about the the the, the um, screenwriter. Is that there's a lot of bike racing in this movie. There's a lot to discuss. We will get to, but a fair portion. I mean, this could easily be 90 minute movie plot and done. No, they give us a full two hours of uh, bike racing excitement. Full two hours. Yeah. This is a slog. (laughs) There's no, there's no way around that. Uh, It does feel a little long. I think they, they do linger a lot on the race more than you'd expect. I guess like you're saying, Tim, I enjoy that, but I see what you're saying, Spencer. I, think it could be hard for people who aren't as into bike racing as us especially because i feel like part of the joy of watching a movie like this is trying to find the inaccuracies Mm -hmm. or 
You're yeah. like trying to find the things you like, and you're also trying to be like, oh, those guys don't understand when there's that much cycling footage. Right. But for the most part, it's good. It's, I mean, it's good. better than breaking away. There's no, like, they're actually downshifting in the right gear this time around. That, that's that's true. true. And none that of that is, yeah. falls to, 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 like you were saying, the, the screenwriter, Steve uh, Tesich, who, who wrote Breaking Away as well, who I think it should be noted is, is uh, emigrated from Serbia earlier in, early in his life. And I feel like only someone who came here uh, to, like, came to America to escape oppression, like he came from Nazi-occupied Serbia as a small kid, could write a movie that was so overtly American, like so just like <laughs> oh, dripping it's... with Americana in such a like like lovey way that it feels almost like farce, but also you can like feel this like love for it, I guess, in a way that's like, I don't know. It's amazing. Also, shout out to the entire... Um... I guess, uh, what, what do you call the people at like the decorate, the set decorators, like the, the researchers? I mean, little guy, tell me you did not just freak out when you saw Marcus Summers, um, refrigerator with a Fignon poster uh, on yes. the side. That was very but, nice. I think, I think that was possibly, otherwise there's just posters of, Mar- of Marcus Summers in Marcus yeah. Summers house. Yeah, yeah. And then yes, Fignon <laughs> yeah. is on the fridge. Very, very that, well done. And this was 85. So Fignon was just coming down from winning two tours logical choice yeah. uh I, I do think that was the only real poster in the movie like i think all yeah. the rest of them were props like to well, move, good though, move yeah. the plot line along along yeah um but uh yeah Lil fignon peeking out on the fridge there it was beautiful a <laughs> sight to see subtle. yeah yeah they did they did good like even just for the the kits uh good the equipment is good they're all riding obviously mm-hmm. specialized through some money down because they're always riding specialized Alezes with looks like full campy record. There is, I will note for myself, a shot of a mid '80s specialized expedition, which is my better half's bike, uh, and she has <laughs> the same color gray. And uh-huh. I will note that when they got to the third stage or something of the Hell of the North or what Hell of the West, they had expeditions on the roof as well as the Alezes, and I can imagine that's because specialized just was like these are the seven bikes you get for the film, and they needed to pad out yeah. the roof rack, <laughs> so they had they had the yeah. total race bikes, and they also had uh, what is a very fast touring bike, but you know maybe not ready well, for hell. Specialized definitely threw down. Um, I was thinking maybe that's why they called it you know like they they theoretically go into Trek's backyard at Wisconsin State University in Madison. <laughs> but it doesn't look like anything is filmed actually in Madison. No, um, it, It's clearly not. in Kansas. In it's Kansas and in Missouri because there's that scene of like the marching band. I had to look up the school and that's like in the middle of Kansas. And you're like, all right, that's, oh, okay. that's peak uh, for the Lynchburg um, Junior Bears or whatever they were called. But overall, I was pretty stoked on this, the, the, the racing scenes. Um, and there's, there's two things I want to go to. The first thing I think we need to talk about major shout out to, uh, Sarah for a world-class flat change for Marcus oh, Summers yes. in stage one so good. of the race of the West. Crucial. Better, Crucial. Be, Crucial. Better than most flat changes I see in the tour de France. Oh yeah, I know. We've seen far worse changes, uh, you know, in recent, very recent history and pretty much every year. Um, the world tour guys, uh, the mechanic teams could certainly do well to, uh, pay attention to what Sarah's doing in that, 
Yeah. Good push. Good strong push. Quick with the wheel. Um, didn't take any guff uh, from Marcus as he was trash talking her mm. a little bit. Um, she didn't take any guff up. the whole movie. When 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 no. Davy was asking her dumb questions <laughs> early on, she she shot some sweet one liners back at him. When uh, yeah. her her ex, the cannibal there, uh, was giving uh-huh. her hell when she was changing the flat on the car, did not take any yeah. guff. I think yeah. we shouldn't throw Becky under the bus though. We do have to remember that Becky was literally just a hippie walking across the country. Days That's before true. she is suddenly full on Saunier race support driving the van in the pack at yeah. Uh, yeah. the biggest race in America. And while I don't want to underestimate uh, Sarah's accomplishments in that department, great Saunier skills, Becky has no experience. She's just immediately behind the wheel in the Peloton. Mm-hmm. She's Obviously. a fast learner. She's a quick learner. Quick but learner. Sarah, um, played by the legendary Ray Don Chong, uh, crushed that flat change. Spencer, how do you feel about this, uh, the hitchhiking again? Like, I feel, you know, you're always like wanting to talk about this. And we always like cut it out just for time as we, when we do our, well, uh, yeah, our 4th of I'm, July celebration of American Flyers. I'm glad I finally get the chance because, you know, like little guys said, um, Becky is maybe the subtle star of the show here. Um, and, you know, maybe Sarah's actually the, <laughs> oh, wow, should be on the poster instead of, uh, old Kevin Costner there. But, uh, I digress. The hippie, the hippie scene in general is maybe my favorite in the movie. It, it is the first, it is the first scene in the movie to get me that good belly laugh that really gets you going, uh, gets you set up for some hell of the West action, which you need to be prepared for. You need to be in a good mood. Um, you need to sort of divest yourself from reality a little bit to yeah. fully enjoy um, that bike race. But um, yeah, I think for me. Uh, the, the, the hippies walking down the street and Becky saying, man, I, I could really go for a quarter pounder right now or whatever it is. And, uh, McDonald's and other reference hippie, too. Yeah. 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 Uh, Another McDonald's, uh, paid spot, but, um, the other hippie girl, whatever her name is, I don't think we're ever introduced, no. stops her and makes her look <laughs> at a crystal <laughs> that she's holding <laughs> and says, have you ever looked a cow in the eye? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you say that. Uh, we made a vow, you know, all this Get stuff that all the vegans I know are, it, it's a hundred percent accurate. I just want to say, I, accurate. I appreciate that. I appreciate that you both, um, when you were, uh, on the oh. vegan train and you made that commitment that you guys never forced me to look in the crystal to say, <sighs> where's your commitment to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to little, guy, little guy wanted to, but I, I, you know, I was like, Tim's not ready for it yet. The, Tim's. <laughs> Things to work on. I mean, Tim, wait till you wait till you come and visit this summer. I got crystals all over. I'm a little. Oh my god! The speed of which the hitchhikers um, get to the McDonald's, the the third reference of McDonald's when they're actually in line, and uh, actually didn't really help McDonald's if you can't make a quarter pounder of cheese as fast as you can make a Big Mac. But that's a whole other side point. Maybe we'll talk about that more next year. They had the Big Macs lined up. I mean, come on. I uh, do you guys uh, quick sidebar? Um, Should. Should they bring back those green uniforms, 100%. the McDonald's oh, yes. uniforms? That was 100%. great. I had so, forgotten those, and that took me back to my childhood. Those were so amazing. Can we can we get into my favorite part of this movie? I feel that it should, the Vans, the pure amount of Vans, uh, Team Vans. Can we bring back Team Vans? There are so many great-looking Vans here. Can we here. bring back Team Levi's Raleigh? Yes. It's, oh, uh, so... I'm just gonna throw this the out there. Short, like the short, stubby, uh, just a Chevy van too. Yeah. It was amazing. We need, 
the I, I would bring back Team Levi Raleigh just for that van, let yeah. alone the hundred um, percent. The kid is amazing too. It's I love it, but the vans in the caravan. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would. I don't think the UCI would allow that now. But then again, in 1985, the UCI also allowed, um, you know, to have the same safety protocols that they have in 2021 with just a complete lack of barriers that work. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of people going off road. Mm-hmm. Uh, no monitoring of the lead group when um, the greatest villain of all time in cycling, Barry Muzzin. Mm-hmm. I don't like can they call him the cannibal, even though there's the cannibal appearance of Eddie Merckx at the starting line. But I digress. When Barry Muzzin puts like his chin into Davy Summers' shoulder to try to throw him off the road, it, like why wouldn't you just push him? It just seemed a little. <laughs> yeah, well, it was. A, it, was a, it made for an <sighs> a, a, yeah a long tense. Uh, head grind but you're right where was the but, lead the lead official uh they just nowhere to be seen no motives and, and little guy dropped this in post but the best line in the entire movie i would say of cycling cinema gets dropped by the aforementioned barry muzzin mm-hmm. with the um enough of this sunday stroll let's hurt a little and then he yeah. downshifts yeah that's amazing it's a that's like, an all-time uh, that's a new yeah, sarah's I've, got a car Right there. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> From now on, hey, enough of this Sunday stroll. Let's hurt a little means time to pick it up. That's well, good. yeah. I mean, I feel like that. And if that means it's time to pick it up, you know, it would be followed by a classic Tim. Uh, actually, Sarah needs the car. I'm going to drift <laughs> off the back and uh, head home, you know. So I guess that will work out pretty well. Yeah. Little guy was any of this. Can we, can we um, real quick back to Becky? Yeah, uh, oh, just, please. I just need yeah. to circle back to Becky Alexandra Paul. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Just, I, if she didn't win an Oscar for this, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. She but, may have won um, an Emmy for Baywatch, which yeah. she was in for yeah. about six years. Really? I did not know yeah. that. Um, there's a, there's a, you know, uh, uh, as, as David is trying to pick her up in the McDonald's to, you know, I guess join the team because they need another Swan year and who else are they going to get? Um, and he has to like try to explain to her what they're doing. And they're going to the hell of the West. It's this bike race. Mm-hmm. And she like doesn't know what it is. And I thought the quote for me of the movie was, Oh, you've, you've really never heard of bike racing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, man, a lot of this stuff is still accurate in 2021. <laughs> like yeah. 40 years later, um, not a lot has changed <laughs> as far as the sport of cycling goes. We're still on the margins of the Olympics. Um, you know, the Olympic committee still screwing us over all, every chance they get. And, um, our biggest races are in the middle of nowhere and, uh, with bad safety protocols. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, that was so true. <laughs> were, were you shocked when, when he asked that? I mean, not this time around, but like the first time you saw it about eight years ago, I'm shocked every time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of those ones that it just hits you every time it just, you know, it's the first year tearjerker moment of the movie yeah. when she hasn't heard of bike racing. Um, you really yeah, expect she, her to be blown away by the fact he's a bike racer. <laughs> so just immediately, I, but it doesn't, it doesn't hurt his chances. I mean, she, uh, granted she needs a ride, but, uh, I, if there wasn't bike racing in this movie, this would just basically be a soft core porn movie because, uh, other than that, a, they are so horny in this movie. It's, and it's she, a very <laughs> horny movie. It's, it's, it's her and Davey, Becky and Davey movie. Do hook up. Yeah. 
any moment that Kevin Costner's not discussing uh, something with his brother about bike racing, him and Sarah mm-hmm. are on the way to the bedroom, uh, mm-hmm. just in the background, starting uh, their lovemaking. Mm-hmm. It's what was the like I said? What was it's the, sweaty. What was the slogan of the Jackie Robinson Institute of Sport in Latin? Isn't it something oh, like yeah. if it if it gets hard? Keep it's it like up. Once it's up, keep it up, or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. Once it's, it's hard, so much keep it up. Yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. much innuendo. Um, so, little guy, it's a, it's a 1985 PG 13. I just want to reiterate that PG 13 is watch it with your kids. Very different. Um, I have uh, I have say, forgotten yeah. a lot about this movie. Yeah. If it, if, <laughs> and well, I was the, surprised. The subtitle would say PG 13 for constant sexual innuendo, constant mm-hmm. people having sex, and some bike racing. Uh-huh. So there's um there's a fair amount of foreshadowing I think where they bring um things that I'm pretty sure Dave Brailsford has watched this movie <laughs> for a variety of reasons. One, yes, mm-hmm. Davy Summers that runs his bike across the finish line. <laughs> yeah, and there is this one. moment on stage one because and we'll get to well they have the great rule which actually I think should be adopted. That each stage, there's just a cutoff of who can go on to the next. So in stage one, only the top 48 riders can then continue on to stage two and three. So yeah. Davey Summers is is obviously, as we remember, is racing to the finish line to be in the top 48. Mm-hmm. And he crashes. Levi Raleigh guy just totally takes yeah, him out. Levi Does not Raleigh hold his line. Took him out. Should be relegated. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he gets up and runs with his bike in, I mean, if... Bill from Cyclocross Radio saw that shouldering technique. I mean, it would be cover of uh, skills, drills, and belly aches. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, it, let's just say Chris Froome running with his bike, or without his bike, I should say, it hold, does not hold a candle to uh, no to the summers. But how they point out, they ask the official even asks, "Is that legal?" And yeah. it is. <laughs> you know, he crosses the finish line. He yeah. makes it. Yeah. Now, little guy, any well, other marginal still gains? still a, a little gray area if it was legal or not, because the official sort of goes, ah, uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> he kind of gives the this head is how This is how bike racing should be decided. I mean, and let's be frank, yeah. usually probably is yeah. decided. Well, that, um, that's probably the guy that allowed him in the race without a license, right? Exactly. Like, argue that the hardest race in the country, here's yeah. a guy, you know, just he runs across the line. Um, little guy, yeah. any other marginal gains that... Uh, um, Brailsford probably took from this. Well, yes, of course. In that first stage, you'll like you're saying it's his first race, so the first stage of the Hell of the West, Davy is squirrely, and you will notice yeah, a there's bit. a lot of people yelling, "Hey, Summers, watch what you're doing! Hold your line!" And I thought, man, why does everybody know his name? Um, it's a little presumptuous yeah. to believe that they'd all know who he is, even though his brother's so famous. But no, it's because they have their names on their jerseys. It's yeah. uh, the thing like a real sport. Like a real sport. The thing that Sky took and and made it in, mm-hmm. into a thing like they created it. I can imagine it only occurs in the movie because they're like, if we're going to sell this to American audiences, they won't understand a sport where they don't have their name. Yeah, you got to put the name. I mean, they probably should have put the race numbers on the back too. I mean, if they were really going. But um, Shaver Sport, uh, great kit. Do you guys... <laughs> Where, where's that rank in the pantheon of professional team kits here yeah it's uh it's not it's not very exciting i'll yeah. give it that um yeah. they make it work it's it's got a classic kind of look but um in a one-eighth zip 
Um, I, I mean, <laughs> we're looking at an era where we know Fignon and the Elf team exist in this world because he is on the poster. So we know that yeah. exists. And we know Levi's, that Levi's Raleigh. Yeah. Levi's Raleigh also exists in this world. So good kit design is there. And I think I, I got to say that's probably Shaver Sports' uh, weakest area yeah. of bike you, racing. What about the um, the Russians rocking the ping pong ball helmet? Like the Russians show up. <laughs> I mean, that gets the next question. Did this yes. movie help end the Cold War? Um, uh, I don't know like if that's the, the case, but uh, like one yeah, villain, doubt it. one villain wasn't bad enough. Barry Muzzin, you had to, you had to just might as well just throw in some Russians in in the American flyers. I mean, it's Fourth of July. We should celebrate. Yeah. That's oh, true. this is and the the Russian is unlike many movies from that time period. He's not. Like, there's no reason, reason to hate him. Like, Muzzin is the right. the bigger villain. The Russian is right. just Russian. And obviously, he's <laughs> going to get dropped. I mean, the pipes on that yeah. guy. There's no way he's going to make it over the mountain. And he he's ends a up, monster, course, yeah. yeah. He's a sprinter. You, but he's one of the maybe... guys that uses his teammates to great effect, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, class act, really. Hey, hey, what? Yeah. Hey. I think he gets a bad rap in this movie. You know, like, at the start line of stage one, he offers his hand, like handshake 100%. to Muzzin, yeah. who who then throws a banana into his hand and is like, blah, 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 talking trash. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just, I feel like he got the short end of the stick as far as, uh, as far as, you know, billing goes as a villain. Um, but, uh, outshined by Barry Muzzin, like Barry, Barry Muzzin just, just took the, just took the bull by the horns to be the bad guy here. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and you know, it, it, I think having the multiple villains really does do a good job of helping a, a general population of America understand bike racing. It's not us versus them. It's us well, versus them and them and them and them. And and like, then every now and then the you only, have little alliances, Barry and right, Davey working it's, before it's, Barry tries to eat his shoulder. Um, yeah. It's the only sport in the world, right? Where you compete against 20 other teams at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. And, uh, and you can't, you can't really explain that to people and, and make it make sense unless you have a Barry Muzzin and a Russian <laughs> and you can just, just sort of extrapolate from there. Couple more things in my notes. Um, as a, uh, as you guys know, I had a stroke, um, three years ago and then <laughs> yes. the next day I showed up to, um, the local bike race to give support to my brother who is actually near the race. Um, so very realistic that Kevin Costner mm. goes from bloody brain aneurysm on his mm-hmm. deathbed, almost dies falling off the side of a mountain because of questionable driving of a team van. Um, to then the next day being the inspiration for Davy Summers to finish the race and win mm-hmm. by one, what? 300 tenths of a second. Thank Thankfully, mm-hmm. uh, Marcus Summers always with his stopwatch ready to record for the officials. Uh, <laughs> oh, you think um, that ended up becoming the official time? They were like, we forgot to do yeah. it. And he's like, I did it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got it. Um, Hell of the West obviously is the Coors Light classic. Um, every single part of this movie seems to be filmed when they had the course already set up for the Coors Light classic. And... What do you think of the Hell of the West leaders jersey? The red, white with the diagonals. That's also like I think mm-hmm. underrated. I mean, it's a pretty good looking kit. I like that. I like that jersey. Yeah. It just yeah, And the Hell of the the Hell of the West is written sort of in kind of like spooky 
Yeah, it's like com- know, like not Comic Sans, you know. <laughs> the it's a little spooky. Font. It's a little like yeah. it's like Dracula made the kit. Like Dracula yeah. like teamed up with somebody, and he's like, "I will yeah, do yeah. the lettering myself." Ooh. Um, it's- how how nostalgic did you guys feel watching the bike racing happen? Like, I know it's it's 2021. We haven't raced bikes in like 18 months or something. Uh, or or longer in in some cases um, on this podcast, <laughs> yeah. but I gotta say, um, as far as cinematography goes, it was amazing. It was incredible. Yeah. Some of the shots they got, I thought it was wonderful um, for the time for the era. Nineteen eighty five, they didn't have drones. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I thought, <laughs> I thought as a as a as a depiction of a professional bike race, this uh-huh. fell short. This this was a terrible. Looked, it didn't look, it didn't look legit. You know, like nobody's riding together. The Peloton's very spread out, all these things, whatever. It's just a big gaggle. But as a, as a current masters racer myself, this felt very real. Uh This felt very legit. Especially on the descents. Um, Everyone all spread out. Nobody wants to get on anyone's wheel. Everyone's like, I got to work tomorrow. Everybody was yelling, hold your line. Like all this stuff. It was extremely there was realistic. some yelling there's like what you doing summers you know like yeah, yeah there's definitely i would this say it was a very experience. accurate depiction of masters racing not professional racing mm-hmm. would be an accurate way to say it um mm-hmm. i think that's a solid point i definitely got a little nostalgic i got really nostalgic just for country rides you know like no cars anywhere like you can just go over the yellow line to do some shake and bake or shake and break <laughs> shake as and break, a, yeah. as a, as um, I mean, overall, just absolutely thrilled, um, uh-huh. to, to go over this with you guys once again. I mean, so are we, are we in, in unanimous, unanimous decision here that the top three best performances in this film are, uh, uh, Sarah, number Sarah, one, Sarah, by far, number one, that flat change that seals the deal. Yeah. Becky, number two and Eddie, number three. <laughs> Eddie's pretty good. Ed, Eddie's got a good sprint in him. Eddie lasts a long time. Yeah. I don't think we can under undercount um Barry Muzzle. I just yeah, I think I think yeah. Barry steals the show for just the limited amount. Every Masters bike race has a jerk like him. Um on 7-Eleven. I can't imagine 7-Eleven was very happy with the depiction of of that they team. They did. Oh, they they got a rough go uh yeah. in this film uh as America's sweetheart darling team. Yeah. Boy did they get run through the mud. The big yeah. boys, you get you got to you got to you got to take the heat if you're the big boys, I, I guess. I mentioned it I mentioned it earlier. I mentioned it earlier with uh Eddie Merck's cameo. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Do you think at that time he knew he was going to be in the film or do you think that that was just some stock footage of Eddie Merck somewhere in Europe and they're like, Hey, oh. we're just going to, I just, it seems you don't see well, him in the he, crowd. You just kind of see him close had the, crop with some people around him. He had the connection to the Seven Eleven team, right? I feel like at that point. So I don't know. Do you, uh, how do you feel like, uh, what do you think? Do you think they told him they had a character in the movie who his nickname was the cannibal? <laughs> I hope not. I hope yeah. that he actually got to the, uh, you know, the theater on opening night in Hollywood because he's probably, you know, hopefully like a, an anonymous producer. And then he's like mm-hmm. the cannibal and then he just kind of just gets excited. Um, well, gentlemen, I can't wait to do this again next year. I hope everyone goes out and watches American Flyers. Uh, reminder, as always, you can rent it 
for two ninety nine. But why do that when you can buy it for five ninety nine on Amazon oh. Prime? Uh, this uh, good. This, this should be the gift for Amazon Prime. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. If you, if you needed any more convincing, this did get two and a half stars from Roger, Roger Ebert in uh, in nineteen eighty five. So mm-hmm. um, makes it's sense. actually pretty solid. Um, Two and a half, a little better than I expected. I gotta say, they're, it's they're, not I, a bad movie. It's it holds up okay. It's it, it's it's a pretty bad movie. <laughs> it's uh, a pretty bad movie, little guy. Well, it's a pretty good movie. It. I will say, you watch a lot of movies from the mid '80s, you will be offended a lot, yeah. and you are gonna be able to sit through this movie that is true. for ninety eight percent of it and not be like, there's no like, there's nothing. Watch it with your kids. No, don't watch I it would with your say, kids. Tim. Well, don't watch it with sexy. your kids. Unless your kids are 14, I would say, put it on, leave the room. If you skip the first 45 minutes and start from kind of when the training starts, I think you're good to go. I, th- I think it's a pretty solid movie after that. Yeah, the rest it's, of it is not family friendly. Well, I don't know about that. You get to see a great Star Spangled Banner slash launching of a uh, space shuttle. That's, that's family so. friendly right there. Subtle and subtle. Um, <laughs> Super subtle. Maybe the greatest uh, use of the Star Spangled Banner in film history. Yes. I just, I got to say all around, I look forward to this every 4th of July. And yeah. what better way to celebrate America than to go for the movie American Flyers. So check it out. Gentlemen, can't wait to talk about so much more next year. We have so much more to discuss. Oh, um, we've only scratched the surface. Yes. Yeah. What a fantastic movie. Um, and with that, uh, that's the end of a Sunday stroll. Look forward to coming back next year. Uh, this is Tim in Orlando. It's Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston reminding you that this isn't a Sunday stroll. Let's make it hurt a little. <laughs>